You're listening to a sermon podcast from Agape Baptist Church, recorded live from our Sunday service. Good morning, church. Today's scripture reading comes from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, and verse 15. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And on to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. The Lord bless you. Yeah, so um, now if uh, you are new among us uh, in this hall, you would have received a uh, card with a QR code. Um, and if you are watching from home, you can see the QR code on the screen right now. I would invite you to scan the code so that you can connect with us, right? We want to get to know you, and uh, for doing so, you will receive a uh, free, uh, free book, okay? Uh, hope to see more of you. Now today, uh, begin a um, two-part series on, on work, right? And uh, this will be, uh, these two sermons will be topical sermons rather than uh, our typical uh, expository sermon, okay? So when it comes to work, uh, we all know that we spend a significant amount of time working, whether it's paid or unpaid. There are places to go and things to do every day. And uh, even young children, you'll be surprised. If you ever ask them to do something, they might turn to you and say, no, because I'm busy. Okay? They're, they're all got stuff to do as well, as young as they are. And um, now, throughout the last few weeks, uh, we have learned that uh, marriage and singleness are both God's idea. Okay? So, uh, for this series... I also want to show you that work is also God's idea. So today, we're going to look at work and God, okay? And then next Sunday, we're going to look at work and us, focusing on how we love our neighbors through our work. Now sometimes, I don't know if this is you or not, we think life will be just perfect if we don't have to work anymore. And uh, so some of us are actually aiming for financial freedom. By a certain age, maybe 30s, 40s, uh, we can be free from the need to work in order to make money, right? And, uh, so, um, and so as we get older, we're thinking, okay, my time is approaching for retirement. Uh, how wonderful it will be when we don't have to work anymore, right? So in the meantime, if you're still working, and uh, some of us, actually, the housewife actually are working all the time. They don't have a rhythm of rest and work quite as regularly, right? So in the meantime, we look for uh, ways to get away from all this, a short getaway, if you will. Uh, but if you notice that if you ever go on a holiday, by the end of your holiday, uh, you really uh, don't feel like going back because just thinking about work being stacking up while you're away uh, is quite uh, frightening, right? And then on a weekly basis, 
we uh, look towards the weekend, and then uh, when Sunday comes, uh, today is Sunday, right? I think right now it's, you're still, still okay. But when Sunday evening comes around, tomorrow morning you have to go restart the cycle. Uh, you might find that uh, blood pressure begins to rise, anxiety becomes, become, start to set in. So we wonder, is work really supposed to be like this? Um, so for that, we have to turn to the Bible uh, to see what the Bible says about work. Okay, so this morning, I'm going to dive into uh, uh, three biblical truths about work. One is God's design of work. Secondly, God's purpose of work. And thirdly, God's rest from work. All right? God's design, God's purpose, and God's rest from work. So let's jump into the first one. God's design of work. The question we want to answer is this, that did God design humans to work? Sometimes we think about heaven and angels. We get the picture that they are just laying on a crowd and doing nothing, enjoying the music, and uh, they're not busy working, right? But did God design human beings to work? For that, actually, if we turn to the very first chapter in the Bible and the very first verse, we see this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Our God works. Before he went to work, there was nothing. After he works, there was heaven and earth. And then the rest of the chronicle of, of uh, chapter, Genesis chapter 1 chronicles the work of God throughout the six days. And at the end of every day, God looked at what he has done and he says, it is good. By the end of the sixth day, everything was completed. And then, and God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. So you see, God is pleased with what he has done. There is no cutting of corners. His work is perfect and superb, like anything unmatched by anything in this world. His labor produced the most beautiful place which has everything required for sustaining life on earth. This is a place that we're living. And also delight to our senses. It was heaven on earth when God created. Now, we can never quite imagine the full extent of God's perfect creation when it first began because we, don't, we are not in that world. In this world that we live in, everything has been corrupted by sin. But even still, we can still marvel at the vibrant colors the pleasing shapes of flowers, fruits, plants, and all kinds of creatures. When we eat our food, we discover that food doesn't only provide the necessary ingredient nutrition for us to survive. It also brings us a variety of fragrance, texture, and taste. God's creation is good beyond our imagination. David admires the glory of God's creation. 
In Psalms 19, he says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. So all of this points to God, who loves the world through creative, thoughtful craftsmanship. So this kind of God created human beings in his image. So we have the same desire and capacity to love this world through excellent work as well. Now, when it comes to his creation, the Garden of Eden, for instance, God could have created the garden with nothing more to do. Everything is completed. Adam and Eve and the people just enjoy. But the thing is, God didn't do that. He left work to do. Genesis 2, verse 15 says this, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. In the perfect Garden of Eden, there is work for Adam to do. Why is that? So now, Adam's assignment in the Garden was not to swing from tree to trees like, like Tarzan and play all day. Uh, no doubt I can imagine that uh, Tarzan, uh, I mean Adam, did play in the garden, okay? But that's not all for him to do. He was employee number one in God's kingdom, and everything he did, he did for God, and his work was his worship upon his creator God. So work actually existed before the fall, and uh, God works, and he designed human beings to work as well. Paradise, therefore, is not a place void of work. It is where work is done for the glory of God. Of course, this excludes uh, work that is harmful and, uh, and sinful and, uh, and bad for, for people. And um, now, now, when it comes to work, you will also know that the frustration uh, is very real. But I want you to know that the frustration that we face in our work is uh, a result of sin. Not that work is inherently bad by itself. So if you ask the question, has God designed human beings to work? What is the answer? The answer is absolutely yes. God has designed us to work. So the, um, if you think that the world would be a better, your life would be better without work, uh, it is it is a lie. It's a big lie. So what we need to do is embrace the truth that we are designed to work uh, rather than reject it. Uh, we must come to terms with the fact that we are, this is by our design. We don't just work to live. We also live to work. We don't just work to live. We live to work. And Dr. Kim Teller uh, Ken Teller writes about work and its meaning to a human being in his book titled uh, Every Good Endeavor. Okay, this is a quote from that book. Work is as much a basic human need as food, beauty, rest, friendship, prayer, and sexuality. It is not simply medicine, but food for the soul. You will notice that people who are unable to work due to Sickness, injury, or old age struggle with boredom and meaninglessness. 
If you go visit someone in the hospital, you will never hear the person say, wow, I wish I can stay here forever. There's nothing for me to do. It's beautiful. They all long to return to a meaningful life of being able to do something. So work is medicine for food. Work is medicine and food for our soul. That brings me to point number two. God's purpose of work. God's purpose of work. So God knows that we are designed for work, right? So, uh, so therefore, uh, He actually purposely left the garden with unfinished work so that Adam can be there to work it and to keep it. And in the same way, God has left His creation with vast untapped potential for us to discover and unlock. So this is uh, like a father who helped his young daughter to build a dollhouse. He could easily build the whole thing perfectly and very quickly for his daughter. But if he did that, how will she experience the joy of creating something? So instead, the father helps the daughter so that she completes the dollhouse Imperfect as it may be, she's delighted. I have done something. And she looks at his daddy and says, Daddy, do you like it? And he looks at it, seeing some crooked parts and seeing some uh, colorful that doesn't quite match. But the daddy says, Yes, dear, I love it. It is good. You see, this is what, one of the reasons why God gives work for us to do. So what does all this mean to us? Number one, God has commissioned you and I to, com- to continue His work of creation. He has left vast amount of discovery in this world for all of us to contribute uh, to His work of creation. And this is the purpose that he has assigned to us individually and collectively. It is God's way of making us useful so that we won't fall into the dreadful place of being useless. We all can be useful to someone, to somebody in this world. And human beings have been discovering and unlocking the untapped potential since the beginning of time. And each discovery contributes to the advancement of human civilization. It is almost like a treasure hunt in every field of work. Now think about the, uh, the, the, uh, the field of F&B industry. The very first time human beings discovered barbecue meat. Imagine the smell, imagine the taste. You all know that if you have a piece of steak, you try to smell it, raw steak, it doesn't give you much excitement, right? But when that steak has been cooked on charcoal fire, the smoke comes out, your mouth begins to water before it's even ready. Now think about the excitement of Thomas Edison when he finally perfected the light bulb. And from that day onwards, the world was light up even at night. And think about the excitement of, of uh, 
Alexander Graham Bell, placing the first phone call to his assistant, talking to each other, and how that invention enabled all of us to talk to anyone in this world, no matter the distance. Now, very few of us are able to create things of that kind of magnitude. However, we all are able to contribute to different things, different ways, routinely, as God's finger of blessing upon His creation. Just this morning, for instance, you noticed uh, on the screen, sometimes you see me, sometimes you will see me and the uh, slide along my side, right? And this is for the benefit of those who are watching at home, uh, that even when we have a slide, uh, they can still see the preacher talking and, uh, and expression and all of that to give them a more complete uh, experience, right? And uh, so that invention in the software is quite useful. And uh, our tech team has discovered it and has been using it, right? So it's, it's good. And uh, some of you, when you're eating at home, what do you do with the debris that you uh, take out from your mouth or things that you pick out, pick out from your dishes? Do you leave it on the table uh, or do you leave it in something else? Okay, I noticed that in some family, they uh, create little paper boxes to put these things in. They fold it, fold it, and then they can put... Uh, uh, the, uh, the unwanted things in this box so that it's easier to clean, right? And so in my family, uh, one of my girls is, uh, is a plant manager for such production. And every now and then, she will uh, have a stack of paper, she will fold, she will fold, and then uh, we have uh, an inventory of such boxes for our meals. And then, uh, have you ever noticed that uh, when you're driving in your car, the phone is on the dashboard on a sunny day? Uh, it's kind of hard to see the phone because it's too bright, right? And so my wife invented something. She cut out a cardboard thing and she puts it on the phone so there's a shade that so she can see it. I find it very useful myself. I hope that it will be available on Shopee very soon. Now, that, so we are commissioned to continue God's work in his, for His creation. Now, secondly, you notice that God has put Adam in the garden to work it and keep it, right? So God has done the same thing for every one of us. He has put us somewhere to work and to keep. Where is that place? That place is where you are spending significant amount of hours every day, okay? And uh, for most of, most of us, uh, maybe, uh, maybe it could even be several places. It could be your workplace, it could be your school, and it could be also your home. Okay, everyone returns to our home eventually, and that's where God has put you. And that is the garden that God has put you to work and to keep. If you're employed, uh, God has put you in your workplace. So certainly there are many, many things to do, right? Uh, there's reports to write, there's meetings to attend, there's tasks to finish, uh, a project to, to manage, uh, teammates to, uh, to persuade, employees to train, on and on and on. But as you complete your work, you are being a blessing to your colleagues, your customers, your bosses, and everyone around you. It is your act of worship upon the Lord. Now, your garden may also be your home, okay? And uh, at home, there's uh, 
floor to sweep, there's tables to clean, there's room to tidy up, clothes to uh, wash, meals to cook, and uh, trash to take out every day, right? So as you work and keep your home, you will do those things and be a blessing to everyone that lives in that same household. It is your act of worship upon the Lord. So work is good for your soul. Work is necessary for the flourishing of the world. But sometimes we find that, why is it so stressful? Wouldn't it be nice if I don't have to endure with all the stress? So that brings me to the final point. God's rest from work. Now, who feels stressed at work? Raise your hand. Who, ex okay, who experiences stress at work? Raise your hand. I see, uh, I see a few. I see even uh, a student. Okay, but I see uh, many of you didn't raise your hand. Maybe you should come up here and preach from this point on. <laughs> Because I feel stressed as well, okay? Preparing this sermon was quite stressful for me. What if I don't do a good job, I come here, I have nothing to say or say something wrong? Oh man, that's terrible, okay? Um, so, do you ever feel that work and rest cannot mix together, just as fire and water? They seem to be the opposite end, not cannot mix together, right? Now, work is hard. We have to acknowledge that work is hard. Because it has been corrupted by sin. It is not what it should be. And instead of reaping the sweet labors, sweet fruits from your labor, we get something less. And we also get along with it thorns and thistles, things that are not welcome, things that are not supposed to be the fruit of that labor. So there is, uh, in your office, there is politics, and even uh, uh, there's office, uh, there's a uh, team that doesn't gel together. But even if you have a great team that really worked well together, okay, uh, and suddenly sin can come in and turn that into a dysfunctional sin, a dysfunctional team. And there are always too many things to do, and there are always too little time. And just when you have finished everything that you need to do, something else gets added. So how do we find rest? It seems to be impossible, isn't it? So this is what we usually do, okay? Sometimes we turn to leisure activity to get a break, right? So we watch movies, we watch Korean dramas. Actually, some of them are quite good, huh? Uh, we listen to music, we uh, go to exercise, Right? We go for walks, we ride bicycles, we, uh, we do canoe, uh, we do boxing, whatever it is. And uh, we try to go on a staycation uh, just to get a break. I found out this week that sometimes uh, people even uh, enjoy MC because for a few days they don't have to work. Right? And um, other strategies that we sometimes use is that we try to increase our productivity so that we can get things done quicker, and then we have more time to ourselves, right? Uh, companies and workplaces emphasize this a lot. Productivity, productivity, get it done, get it done. And we, the more you get it done, the, less you, the, the more free time that you have. Now, before the days of uh, iOS and Android phones, BlackBerry promised such a dream. Anyone remembers BlackBerry? 
a few of them, right? BlackBerry was a smartphone. It promised that you can do work anytime and anywhere, so you can get it done, and then the rest of the time is yours. But what happens? In, real in reality, smartphones have delivered the opposite, <laughs> because now work follows you everywhere, during your off time, into your bedroom, even into your toilet. There is no boundary anymore, okay? Now, the things I just mentioned, productivity improvement, uh, leisure time, some of them can be helpful, okay? I'm not saying that they are completely useless. But deep rest remains elusive. So we have to turn to the Bible to find more effective strategies for our rest, okay? And first, let's look at how God works in the creation account. There is a pattern of the first six days. God worked, and then he stopped, and then he looked at his work, and then he says it is good. And, there's, uh, and then he start working again. Day two, right? Day three. He stopped, and then he looks. Yeah, it's good, right? And then uh, this is, uh, we can see the summary of this in uh, chapter two, Today's verse, and uh, in verse 1, Thus the heaven and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them is finished. And verse 2, And on the seventh day, God finished His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work that He had done. He rested, right? And verse, verse 3, so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Do you see the pattern here? There's work, there's stoppage, stoppage of work, and then before he goes. So in summary, the pattern is stop, look, and go. Okay? Stop, look, and go. You're familiar with this in the traffic rule, right? If you're going somewhere at a traffic junction, you stop, look, and go. What happens if you don't look? You just stop, you don't look, and then you go. You get an accident, right? And uh, same thing for work. We stop work, but we don't look, we get in trouble, okay? Now, actually, we are all quite familiar with stopping, work, stop, stopping ourselves from working. All of you have stopped working. You are here in this church this morning, you know how to stop, okay? You also know how to go to work again, right? What we don't do well is the middle part, the, the looking part, okay? We stop, we work, the middle part of looking, looking at what we have done, just like God has looked at what he has finished and say it is good, right? So if you do not do that, you will actually miss out on, the, on mean, the, the, uh, the meaningfulness of what you have done, okay? Uh, the, the reason that, uh, that we are so tired a lot of times is not that our work is hard. It's that it is, we feel that we have labor in vain, okay? We have done nothing meaningful. So that is why God shows us, if you work, stop and look at what you have done and see the good that you have done. 
then you feel a bit of you feel a sense of restedness from that. Okay, it is meaningful. It is hard, but I can do it. I can. I don't mind doing more of it, right? And uh, so, when we stop to look at how God has used us to do something good in His kingdom, then we find a sense of rest. Now, I want to give you a share a little story with you how how, how this worked for me and my wife. So, some of you know uh, Kaya Maria in our church, right? I don't know if they are here this morning. Uh, but many of you know, know them, this lovely couple. In, this, in, uh, in September, uh, Kai's father from, came from Taiwan to visit him. But on his second day, his father had a fall, okay? And uh, had to go to the hospital. Um, and, uh, and then he came home. He was still have, having difficulty walking because it was still very painful. And during that time... Um, and before all of this, my wife was uh, delivering some uh, soup, herbal, Chinese herbal soup to Kai because he was coughing a little bit, okay? And so, uh, so the night that um, Kai's father was uh, discharged, I call him Mr. Huang, okay? He was discharged. I helped my wife to deliver the soup. And uh, so I saw him. I had a chance to talk to him. And then because both of us are from uh, Taiwan, uh, a little bit more in common, and also his age and my age is closer, okay? So we sat down, we chit-chat, and uh, we enjoy talking to each other and had a chance to, uh, to pray for him as well, okay? So subsequently, uh, the, uh, the late-night soup delivery <laughs> led to op- more opportunities for me to uh, get to know Mr. Huang and also to talk about Jesus. And... Um, and uh, on the night before his return to Taiwan, uh, we had dinner together with, in uh, Kai and Maria's house, and we took a photo together, uh, a selfie, and he sent, it, he sent the photo back to a friend, a Christian friend in uh, Taiwan, okay? Uh, this is while we were still at the dinner table. And the Christian friend in Taiwan replied, he says, Mr. Huang, you're going to be baptized soon. <laughs> and... Uh, and so, so Kai and I asked him, so how? What do you think? And Mr. Huang says, had a smile on his face. He says, yes, I think it's possible. We pray that you will move from possibility to reality, that he will be a child of God, okay? And uh, now, so when Joyce and I stopped to look at what God was doing through this soup delivery at night when we are actually quite tired, rather Instead of resting, where I'm delivering soup or, or she's delivering soup, when we stop and look at what God was doing, we see that God was using a simple soup delivery trip so, so that I can tell Mr. Huang that Jesus loved him. And then we see that uh, God was also using such opportunity to uh, assure Kai that he hear his prayer for the salvation of his father. So, when we see that, we are recharged. We're not tired anymore. We say, okay, I'm in for this. I can do more of this, right? The Most High God was using Joyce and I to pursue this dear man. And we can all say that it is good. It is very good, from which we can rest our bodies, right? Now, the second strategy is that we need to rest in what Jesus has done. Rest in what He has done. 
Now, most people, including Christians, try to find rest from completion of task. The more we complete, the more restful we are. If we can complete everything, then we can rest completely. That is the idea, okay? Now, in the book titled, What's Best Next? How the Gospel Transforms the Way You Get Things Done, the author, Matt Perman, has a great gospel insight. This is what he writes. The trap of basing our day-to-day peace on peace of mind on whether we made it to the end of our to-do list, put first thing first, kept our action and project list up to date, or got the results we want from our day, all these things are important. But to base our peace of mind on them is ultimately a law-based approach to Christian life, a form of living our daily Christian lives on the basis of what we do, meaning works, rather than what God has done, meaning faith. You see, as long as we rely on what we do to find rest, we will never find it. The author calls this a law-based approach. As Christians, if you are a Christian, you know that we are justified or made acceptable to God by our faith in Jesus, not by what we do. But we don't connect that truth to our work oftentimes because we are terrified when, when we don't get things done the way it should be. We are, we are afraid that we, are not, we will not be fully acceptable by people, not even by ourselves. So we are fearful. We cannot rest. In essence, what is going on in our heart is that God's full acceptance in Christ of us is not enough. We want to work for our acceptance in the eyes of people and also in our own eyes. People, this is a path of slavery that will lead to burnout. You cannot untire yourself by working more and more and more. You would never be able to find rest. The only rest that can come to us is when we rest in the finished work of Christ. The Apostle Paul reminds us, for freedom, Christ has set us free. So in closing, God has designed us to work. God has commissioned you and I to continue His work of creation. And as we work, Jesus gives us rest, not through what we do, but through what He has done. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, our Lord Jesus reached out to all of us who are tired. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Our Lord doesn't say, come to me, and I will complete all your tasks. But come to me, I will give you rest. The rest that we need so much can only come from Him. He is the source of our deep soul rest 
and he has completed the most important task, which is the task of salvation on the cross. Now, failing to complete our task may feel like an end to a, a career or our reputation, and failure may even feel like death in some cases, that we will uh, be rejected by our colleagues, our bosses, and our family, but nothing can separate us from the love of God. Our Lord Jesus carried a heavy laden of sin of the world. Our Lord actually died because of that load he was carrying. And he was rejected by his closest friends. And also his Father in heaven he was separated, rejected. Why? People, so that He can give you rest, deep rest in your soul, eternal rest. Do you believe it? Because if you believe that, people, something amazing will happen. Something amazing happens when we shift our source of our rest and peace of mind to the finished work of Christ. You no longer operate out of anxiety and fearfulness when you do your work. You will experience a sense of freedom that actually will enable you to do much better work, more productive, more creative. Your sense of freedom of doing the best work that God has made you to do. This counterintuitive work, truth, is that when you stop stressing over your work, you get more done, and the quality of your work becomes so much better because you're working for the glory of our God. Let's bow our head and pray. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast. You can find more of our sermons online on our website at www.agape.org.sg.